0: Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect.
1: Join us for this Sunday service as we look into the scriptures, seeking to be transformed into the image of Christ. Well, this morning, as we come to our final episode in our series "God at the Box Office," we want to focus on the theme that comes to us by way of a movie called uh, "Trouble with the Curve." It's the movie about an aging, um, a pitching. Uh, scout who works for the Atlanta Braves organization. Uh, He's kind of having trouble finding his way in this organization, and they kind of feel like he maybe has outlived his shelf life with the organization. He gets one final shot, one final chance to kind of prove that he can do it, that he still has the stuff. But along the way, he's got to admit and come to terms with a problem that he has in his life, a weakness uh, that he finally has to admit and, and confront, and it's the weakness that he's losing his eyesight. I think this title is good for us because in this series, we've been talking about various things in our life that we've got to manage. Our first week, we talked about managing our appetites, and then we talked about managing our emotions. Last weekend, we talked about managing our nerves, and this morning, I want to close this series out by talking about managing our inadequacies. Every one of us here in this auditorium have and face inadequacies. Now, can you think back to a time in your life when you said to yourself, I am seriously unqualified for whatever this is? You know, perhaps for you it was a job interview that you were going to and you felt like, I'm just out of my element. I am not qualified for what I'm trying to do. Maybe you felt unqualified when you stood before your family and friends and you were preparing to marry the love of your life and you said, I'm not anywhere close to being ready for what it's going to take to be a spouse, to be a husband, a wife, Maybe for you, your mind goes back to a time in college when, or a time in high school when you just felt like you were out of your element and you had that sensation that, listen, I am not up to the task uh, that's being asked of me. I've got to be honest, um, in 2006, when uh, when we launched this church on the campus of Wright State University, I felt an incredible sense of inadequacy. I'd not been trained to do anything like planting the kind of church that I envisioned as a pastor, the kind of church that I really thought God was orchestrating and leading us to become, and the kind of audience that we believe that God wanted us to reach, I felt inadequate. And almost every weekend, I struggled with that feeling of, what if I fail? Because if I fail, we fail. What if I can't lead us to a successful future? What if this thing all ends and it's not successful? What if, what if, what if? if? I have a deep conviction in my life that I think is fully supported and backed by Scripture. And here's that deep conviction. Our greatest points of inadequacy are a point of holy convergence. And here's what I mean by that. When we look at that dot on the life map where we feel like we are most inadequate, we are most incapable of stepping up, to the task that's being asked of us. It is at that point on the life map where I believe we intersect with God at the very best. I think it's where we meet God. I don't fully understand why that is or how it works other than that I know that weakness is catalyst to dependence. In other words, when you feel like you can't, all of a sudden you start to look at resources outside yourself. Because let's be honest with ourselves. As long as we feel like we can, we don't have to know that God can What's it matter if God shows up and God helps us? We really don't need him to do it because we are fully capable of doing it ourselves. Now, Paul, who wrote the vast majority of the New Testament, scriptures and letters, actually was at a point in his life where he was much like Guy Lobel, who's played by Clint Eastwood in this movie where he perhaps was struggling, some scholars believe, with an eyesight issue. And there's a lot of conjecture about what he may have been dealing with, but he was feeling incapable, inadequate. And here's a point where he kind of, God speaks to him, and I love this in Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, the reality is this. Our first response when we see our inadequacies and our inabilities is not to boast. Who of us are are proud of those weaknesses, those inadequacies that we have in our life? None of us are. So it isn't our first response, but it's not our second, third, or fourth fourth response either. None of us boast in our weaknesses, our inadequacies, our inabilities. But the last eight words in this passage are really counterintuitive to everything we think, and they're a spiritual game changer. And it's these words, when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, let's be honest, at first earshot, when we hear that, that does not sound logical and it does not sound rational. How in the world can you be both weak and strong simultaneously? You can be one or you can be the other, right? Well, listen to what happens. There's a word for this, by the way, that's used. Um, And it's an interesting word. It's the word antinomy. It means against the law of human reasoning or its mutually incongruent laws in other words when two things just simply don't make sense when you juxtapose them together and so when we read a scripture and we say that sounds to me like a contradiction it sounds illogical it sounds irrational with God it isn't because it's god's way of saying it may be in your mind illogical or irrational but it's supernatural It's something that I can do that you may never understand in your finite mind. It's a way that I work and I operate at my very best. And here's the platform that God shows up in our life at his very best. It's when we are at our greatest point of inadequacy or weakness or inability that God has a way of stepping into our our lives. Now, there's a man that I want to talk about this morning in the Old Testament who knew a little something about the illogical and the irrational. His his name is Moses, and Moses is called by God to go down and deliver the Emancipation Proclamation to the Israelites who had been in bondage in Egyptian slavery for about 400 years. And God calls Moses, and the very first response that Moses has to God is, Listen. I'm inadequate. I simply cannot do this. He began to give God every excuse that he could think of. One of my ministry mentors used to say this, an excuse is the skin of a reason stretched over a lie. I've never forgotten that because I think it's true so often when we give excuses, it's really nothing more than the skin of a reason that we've stretched over a lie. And so, so ask yourself, some, take some time this week and think about this. How often haven't you given God an excuse? Perhaps if we're honest, we call it a lie about why we simply are incapable of doing what God expects us to do or what God asks us to do. Just prayerfully ponder that and chew on that this week. Moses knew a little something, and we can't look at all of his excuses For why he felt inadequate, but there are a few that I think are glaring enough and are significant enough, and I think we'll all identify with this morning. So see which of these resonate with you this morning when you think of your own inadequacy. Here was Moses' first response in verses 10 and 11 God said, Go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Moses suffered from what many of us suffer from, an identity crisis. When Moses looked in the mirror, what he saw looking back at him did not speak of qualification, did not speak of abilities. And and Moses felt like perhaps many of us feel like when we look into the mirror in the morning when we wake up, what we hear is this message kind of resounding back to us. We hear this message of you're, you're unqualified or you're underqualified or perhaps like Moses felt, you're disqualified. Maybe there's something in your life that you've experienced that you've done, maybe a, a past failure that you look back on and it keeps you living in this sense of inadequacy that I'm just simply not qualified. God could never use me to do that. God could never let me become that. I just simply don't have it. I'm unqualified or underqualified or I'm disqualified. God's response is really kind of very terse and very direct. God says in verse number 12, I am with you. You know, that that is simply a thread that we see woven throughout the fabric of scripture. God's reminder to us. And here's what he was reminding Moses. Moses, this is not about you. This really has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me and what I want to accomplish through you. Moses moves right into another excuse. Here's what it says. Verse number 13. But Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and I tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then... What should I tell them? I noticed something as I was restudying and revisiting this story that I had never seen before. It's what I love about the Bible. Every time I read the Bible and a passage of Scripture that I might feel is very familiar to me, sometimes something new jumps out that I'd never seen before. I used to think, and I think many of us did, that what Moses was struggling with was how the Egyptians were going to respond to him when he shows up. That was not his worry. His concern was when he was going to show up to the Israelites, his own family and friends, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? You know, if we're honest with ourselves, it's not difficult to look foolish in front of perfect strangers, people that you're never going to see again. The struggle comes in our life when we feel like we have to represent God to people who are our family and our friends, those who know us best and love us most. What are they going to say? What are they going to think if I get religion? What are they going to think if I become a follower of Jesus? What are they going to think if I say, God wants me to do this? How are they going to respond? And Moses struggled not with how he was going to look in front of the Egyptians, but how he was going to look in front of his own people, the Israelites. And I love God's response to this, and here's why. Because it tells us something that I think every one of us here today need to know. Here's what God told him. In response to his concern. God said to Moses, I am the eternal God. So tell them that the Lord, whose name is I am, has sent you. This is my name forever. And it is the name that people must use from now on. Uh, In the original language, it's I am that I am. It's an interesting phrase. And what it literally means is I will be... What I will be. Here's what I think God was assuring Moses, and here's what I believe today God wants to assure each one of us that are here in this auditorium God will be to us what we need God to be to us. If you need God's love, then God would say to you, I am love. If what you need today is forgiveness, then God shows up to you today and says, I am forgiveness. You can put anything in there. You can put grace or peace or hope or joy. What is it you need from God? What God is saying by that statement, I am, is that I'm everything. I am ever present, but I'm also ever evolving in your life. And I will be to you what it is you need at that moment in your life when you feel inadequate. You would think that that would be enough for Moses, that he'd stop there and get the picture, but he doesn't. We come to verse number four or or chapter four, verse number one. And it says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or what if they do not listen to me? And what if they say the Lord did not appear to you? Inadequacy has a first cousin. And the first cousin's name is self-doubt. Whenever we feel inadequate, whenever we feel ill-equipped for something, we tend to doubt ourselves. We doubt whether we can do anything anything at all. And God responds and God says to him, basically, and we're not going to read the verses today, but God says, listen, if they don't listen to you, you can take hope. They're going to listen to me. At the end of the day, they're going to hear my voice either through you or through some other means. They're going to hear and get the message that I want to deliver. Verse number 10, another excuse. Moses says, I- I've never been a good speaker. I wasn't one before you spoke to me, and I'm not one now. I am slow at speaking, and I can never think of what to say. Moses made a terrible miscalculation that many of us make. Here it is Moses mistakenly thought and assumed that God was selecting him based on his abilities. That's a huge miscalculation. The moment that we believe that God selects us because of what we're capable of doing is the moment we've completely a swing and a miss of what the scripture teaches us about how God operates. This whole principle of when I'm weak, then I'm strong because Christ's power is made perfect in weakness is exactly what Moses is dealing with here. He's making a miscalculation that somehow it's his abilities that God wants to use. And that's not the case. God is certainly not interested nearly in as much of what we can do as what he can do for us and what he can do in us and through us. Let's go to verse number 13. Let's go to the next verse. Moses gives this final excuse, pardon your servant, please. Just send somebody else. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, Moses had one final thing he had to say to God and get it off his chest. At the end of the day, I'm just not qualified, God. Please, send somebody else to do the work that you have called and that you've called somebody to do. In 1991, I was ordained to the ministry. It was one of the most meaningful and significant times in my life. And I honestly don't remember uh, much of what was said in that particular service. But there's one thing that got etched on my cerebral cord cortex that I've never forgotten. It is there with me every single day of my life. And it's a little bit cliche, but I think it's significant enough that I want to mention it this morning. Because I think it fits what we're talking about. Here was the statement. God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. We often think God calls us because we're qualified, and that's not the case. We are qualified because God selected us. And if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a follower of Jesus Christ because God selected you. God looked for you. God found you. And God has a reason for wanting you on his team. Here's another way to say that. God is not interested in our abilities He's interested in his abilities, in us. And when we think about our lives and we think about what God wants to do in us and our inadequacies and our weaknesses, we need to remember that it isn't what we can do, it's what God can do and wants to do in us and through us. When Moses looked at his life resume, Moses said, listen, I'm not adequate. I feel inadequate because I'm inferior. I feel inferior. He said, you know what, we picked straws, and I got the short end of it. I got the short one. And I think the song that we just sang reminds us that when we are gods and when we belong to God, there's something significant that I believe happens that the New Testament talks about. There's actually a word that is used in classical Greek culture that finds its way in the New Testament. Five times it's used. And interestingly, the word is translated in the English language, Synergy. Now, what I like about that is some of you don't know the the company that built this building and the company that's going to expand our parking lot uh, is called Synergy. The chairman of Synergy is here this morning. Bob Mills, who has been been a great friend of Grace Crossing Churches. doesn't just believe in our vision, but is bought in to the vision of Grace Crossing Church. And what I like about that word is that word means to work together and to exert energy. Together, It means that we are stronger together than we are alone. And of those five times it's used in the New Testament, two are worth mentioning this morning. First in Mark chapter 16, verse number 20, and here's what it says. The disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them. Synergy. Then the other one is found in in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. We work together together with God synergy. Now notice the counterbalance us working with God, God working with us. Can I tell you what I'm convinced of? I'm convinced that God works with us to the degree that we're willing to work with him. When we're willing to say, God, I'll do and I'll follow and I'll, I'll, I'll honor what you've asked me to do. I'll move in your direction, even if I don't feel adequate. God does what he does best. Holy convergence, convergence takes place. There's an intersection of God's power with our weakness. And all of a sudden, it is God working with us. And Moses found that out. I think what we can do is we can walk away from this message today with several principles that are important to apply to how we can manage our inadequacies. The first one I think is pretty important is this. I think we've got to be humble enough to admit our inadequacies and to ask for help. Sometimes in life, one of the toughest things that we can do is actually admit that we need help. And really, Moses was doing that. Moses was coming to God and saying, God, I could use a little help here. And notice how God responds in chapter 4, Exodus chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. The Lord became irritated with Moses. You know, after all of the excuses, sometimes God does get a little irritated. But here's what he says. What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he's a good speaker. He's already on his way here to visit you. And he'll be happy to see you again. Aaron will speak to the people for you. And you will be like me, telling Aaron what to say. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will tell each of you what to do. What I love about this is that God makes a concession for for Moses' inadequacy. And he does it by saying, you know what, I can offer you some help, but but you have to be humble enough to ask, and it's what Moses does. And because he asks, God responds, and God helps him. And God counterbalances his inadequacy using uh, a member of his own family to come alongside and help him. I think we've got to admit our weaknesses, our inadequacies. We've got to be willing to ask for help. I think the second thing that's important to manage our inadequacies is that when we're in doubt about whether we can do something, when we're in doubt, choose obedience. Sometimes we simply don't know what to do, but we do know what God has asked. We don't know how we're going to do it, but we know that God has asked us to do it. And at the end of the day, I think all God wants is our obedience. He wants us to follow his voice. When we listen to God and we do what we know God has already asked us to do, I think it opens the door to God's favor, God's blessing. When we don't obey God, we lose the blessing, the favor that God wants to bring in our lives. There's a great verse in Samuel that speaks to this. Here's what it says, 1 Samuel 15 Verse 22, what pleases the Lord more, burnt offerings and sacrifices or obedience to his voice? It is better to obey than to sacrifice. It is better to listen to God than to offer the fat of sheep. God doesn't simply want our sacrifice. What God wants most importantly is obedience. That we do and we listen to what God asks of us. And one final principle that I think we learn from Moses is I think we need to learn to do what we can with what we have. Do what we can with what we have. If we're really, really transparent, I think all of us have to confess that we spend a lot of emotional energy wanting to be like them. You can put their name in there. You can put their face in there. But there are people that do things that we look at and we say, if only I could be like them. If only I could accomplish that. And so that emotional energy that we spend thinking about what we can't do, what we're inadequate to do, I think what God says is, what do you have? What can you offer? What can you give? And whatever it is that you can do, God expects you to do it. God expects you to use it. Jesus actually speaks to this in Matthew chapter 25, uh, verse 15, when he says, to one, he gave five talents, to another, two, and to another, one. Notice the words, each according to his ability. I'm not a five-talent person. I may be at best a two-talent person, but I'm not a five-talent person. But here's what I love about this, this scripture, because it goes on to say that God brings and, and calls to account each one of them and asks them to return 100% return on investment. So from the one, he wants two. From, from the two, he wants four. And from the five, he wants ten. Not equal talents, but equal ROI. And I think that's exactly what God is looking for. God's saying, what is it you have? What is it you can do? Don't spend so much energy thinking about what you can't do. Spend more of your time leveraging what it is you can do and use it for me. Moses actually has this final exchange uh, with, uh, with God that's pretty interesting. In, in back in Exodus chapter 4, the Lord says to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out his hand and he took the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Kind of a crazy story, isn't it? But here's what I think we learn from what Moses experienced. What Moses thought was ordinary, God saw as extraordinary. And what Moses saw as natural, God saw as supernatural. That's the whole beauty of a holy convergence. That when God's power and strength intersects with our weaknesses, guess what happens? God takes the ordinary and he turns it into the extraordinary. And God takes the natural, that which we, we think we can't do, and God makes it super natural. And I've watched this time and time again in people's lives. People who have just simply yielded themselves to God and said, Lord, I want to be obedient. I want to use what I have to do what I can. And I want to admit my inadequacies and bring them to you. And God shows up and God does something remarkable. This morning, I think what the Lord would want from us is a response of saying, I give you what I have, God. I offer you what I can do. I'm not going to look around to what they do and how they do it. That's not what you've called me to. I'm going to do and be the person that you've called me to be with your help. I want you to bow your heads this morning and close your eyes. And we're going to pray together a collective prayer as a family. Jamie, I've asked him to come and lead us this morning in prayer. And as he does, let's just together yield our hearts to God and our our life to God. And let's surrender. Uh, our inadequacies to the help of the Lord.
0: God, we uh, we know we're flawed. We know we make so many mistakes at, at times. And and Lord, we look at our lives and we say, you know what, I can't do that. I can't, uh, I don't have what it takes, God. But Lord, those are the people you're wanting, God. Those are the people you're looking for. Because when you... Work through us, God, and we accomplish those things. It gives you glory, God. It brings you honor, and uh, you take the weak and you make them strong. And, God, we just ask that you would help all of us today, God. When we feel inadequate this week and we think, we think, you know what, I can't do that. I, can't. I pray that, God, you would help us to remember this talk, remember these words, and then we'd say, you know what, God, with your help, we can make it through. We can do this. And, God, I just pray that you would just inspire every person, God, not to just say no to you and not to, not to do what Moses did and not to say, you know what, find somebody else. But, God, I pray that, Lord, you would just touch those that are here that, that feel that call, that they would say, you know what, I'm yours, God. I'll, I'll do it. And, God, I pray that you would just help them this week, God, and touch every single person that's here, God. I pray a special blessing upon uh, every life uh, that's here, God. We love you, and God, we thank you so much for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more, check out GraceCrossingChurch.net. To experience Grace Crossing Church in real time, we meet on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. at 1153 Beaver Valley Road in Beaver Creek, Ohio. Thanks, and have a wonderful day.